0: It doesn't matter what you did. And I am the voice of the voiceless. Wrestling With That Word podcast with your host, Scotty Wrestling. We got a big plate this week. Big plate. Lots to go over. We got Extreme Rules. We have a decent Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I know. That's shocking. We have Rampage, Dynamite, and WWE Draft Predictions Thoughts. Whatever you may need Of course next week We will have the full results To discuss But I want to leave my thoughts On potential movements And additions to each roster But going back We have to discuss Extreme Rules Raw Rampage Dynamite All first We are going to kick off this show Talking all AEW And we will conclude with WWE Talk for the first time in a long time. So let's get into it. AEW Rampage Grand Slam was a massive, massive show as it had the TV wrestling return of CM Punk. It had the Super Click back in action. It had John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus Suzuki Goon. It had everything you could possibly ask for in a two-hour TV special. So let's get into it. CM Punk versus Will uh, Will Hobbs, Powerhouse Hops, whichever you prefer to call him, was a fantastic opener on AEW Rampage. I thought their ability to go back and forth in a, you know, Big man versus underdog type aspect was great. And I think CM Punk's always been so good with these types of matches. He's always been so good working with bigger wrestlers. I mean, look at his match with Brock, for example. That's one of his best matches in his WWE uh, run. And probably Brock's best since returning. Um, in 2012 So I thought this match was really good I thought Hobbs Looked the part, Hobbs looked great uh, From start to finish Which I think is very important for him You you want him To Have A good showing against CM Punk He doesn't need to win But I think you, you put him over In the point that He came close to winning He came close to beating a multi-time world champion and that's exactly how they put it over here in the end punk was able to win the match and pin Hobbs one two three falling a gts the super click went one on uh, one one on one went uh three on three with jungle boy Christian Cage, and Luchasaurus. This match was just a lot of fun. It's really all you can look for in these trios matches. And it's the reason why fans, including myself, keep hoping for trios titles. Uh, The super click instantly jumps to the front of the line when it comes to who should be the champions. They work so well together. The Young Bucks did a lot of the heavy lifting in this one before the finish But I enjoyed how they finished this match off. The Young Bucks, you know, cleared the ring of Cage and Jungle Boy. Allowing it to to be down to Adam Cole and Luchasaurus. Cole would hit a Panama Sunrise, I believe. The BTE trigger would be hit by the Young Bucks. And then the boom, the last shot knee to the back of the head of Luchasaurus would give them the win. This match was one of my favorites of the entire week. I think, first off, I think Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus work really well together, but the Super Click is special. The Super Click is everything, you know, you look for in... A trios team, you know You have Cole, the easily the solo guy And then you have the great tag team of the Young Bucks And they work off each other so well I know a lot of people can get annoyed by them But I just think what they do Is spectacular Is absolutely spectacular So this was a good, good match here Uh, You know, they had a few other matches on the show But the main event, I guess, was the only other Aspect worth talking about in my eyes as we saw Kingston and Moxley go head to head with Suzuki and Lance Archer. I thought they had an entertaining match, but nothing, you know, necessarily special either. I know the big moment, of course, was Homicide showing up, which I don't even think was brought up on this week's Dynamite, at least in any effect. Uh, suzuki Goon was also nowhere to be found so that story continues to be a weird one it's almost like they're booking into oblivion and don't know where to go with it but it was a fine match Um, Rampage was very good and let's just move on to Dynamite which I thought was one of the best uh, best episodes of Dynamite ever I think They hit on every aspect you'd hope they would. And they concluded the show in a major way, which, again, is all you can ask for. Uh, The show kicked off with Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy, a first-time-ever matchup. Cole has been determined to prove that he is the best in all of AEW, and he felt going through the young rising star of Jungle Boy would be a good way to... To keep that role going, uh, these two had what I thought was a great match. Uh, Cole works very well with a lot of people, so it wasn't a shock that they worked well. But Jungle Boy just continues to shine. I think that is, you know, the biggest part of this that I really enjoy. Uh, Jungle Boy is a star, of course, but he hung with Cole in every sense of the way. Uh, There was a beautiful near fall on the Panama Sunrise that Cole hit. Uh, Jungle Boy kicked out right before the count of three. Uh, Cole had this great look on his face of shock. Uh, Towards the end of the match, Jungle Boy was going for a roll-up against the ropes. It looked like it resulted in Aubrey Edwards getting stuck between the rope and Cole. Cole would hit a low blow on Jungle Boy and then hit the boom knee for the victory. Cole is just so good. He's so good. He fits AEW. Uh, you know, I I think we all knew he would fit, but he fits even better than expected. He is the most overstar on this entire show. I can't stress that enough. Every Single time this man shows up, it gets louder and louder and louder. I think he's more over than Danielson and Punk. Anyways, moving on into the remainder of Dynamite. The Elite would come out after Cole's win. Uh, it presented a chance for Kenny Omega to talk on the microphone. Kenny was talking about how Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, sorry, I'm getting there. He didn't have what it took. He didn't have what it took to beat him that night uh, at Dynamite Grand Slam. And this, of course, would lead to Danielson making his way out after Omega said there would never be another match between the two as long as he could stop it. Danielson, of course, entered the... Not entered, but he walked down the stage talking about how Kenny has no balls. Kenny is scared of Danielson. He's scared to fight him again. And he'd challenge the entire elite to a match this Friday on Rampage. And we have learned that it will be, for the first time ever, Nick Jackson versus Brian Danielson. That should be an absolute treat this coming Friday night. Fast forward, there was a match between Cody Rhodes, Lee Johnson facing off with Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. Lee Johnson was able to pick up the win for his team, which was very cool. And after the match is really where uh, a lot developed. Arn Anderson grabbed the mic and said, listen, Cody, there's a big difference between you and me. You back down from a fight. I stand up to and get ready to fight. Uh, the way he said it, he said, you know, someone comes over, pulls you over, opens your door and says, get out of the car. You say, all right, just don't hurt me. I s- pull out the, and then Arnett said, I pull out the Glock in my thing and pop him right between the eyes um, and splatter his brains all over the floor. That was, that was something. That, wow. Okay, Arnett, you t- you tell him, uh, But this signaled the end between Cody and Arn Anderson moving forward. Um, C- Arn Anderson signaled to Lee Johnson, listen, come with me, kid. You listen to me. And that could be the relationship going forward. But it will be interesting to see what Cody does because I think a lot of people agree he should be a heel. He gets booed out of the building now every single week. And him taking on the heel role would just fit him so much better The Dark Order of course we were Rochester New York the home of the late great Brody Lee a show where Brody Lee was originally supposed to debut over a year and a half ago Um, this was the chance for the Dark Order to come back together as they teamed with Orange Cassidy against the Hardy Family Office uh, midway through the match, Evil Uno was walking out. Uh, he just couldn't take the relationship anymore. And this is when the moment of the night happened as negative one, Brody Lee's son, Brody Lee Jr., and Brody's wife, Amanda, walked out and pretty much said, are you serious? They were followed by Ty Conchie and Anna J And this is when Negative One, much like his father, threw the papers at Evil Uno. They told them to get back in the ring. This is not the night to do this. And that's when the Dark Order came together and absolutely beat the bricks off of HFO, getting the win in an absolute special, wonderful moment in honoring the late Brody Lee. It was, you know, one of those moments you won't forget. Um, that that point where negative one through the papers was just, I thought it was magic. It was a perfect, perfect moment. Uh, you know, the wrestling world misses Brody. They, it, it, that that sadness will never go away, and it doesn't need to. I think that's something a lot of wrestling fans need to accept. It's okay to be sad about it, but at the same time, We will continue to celebrate his life and I thought AEW did a perfect job in doing so on Wednesday night. Uh, In a stunning little uh, video, Leo Rush announced his signing with uh, AEW. He's making it clear he's going to make big business moves to make him one of the top stars in AEW. This was such a pleasant pleasant surprises I'm a major Leo Rush fan and I think he is one of those wrestlers that can be great wherever he goes Uh, he has the gift of gab he has the in ring ability and the sky is not even a limit for Leo Rush so great signing Uh, there was a promo here by MJF talking about the four pillars of AEW when they signed him Sammy Guevara Jungle Boy and Darby Allen. He went on to note he's beaten Jungle Boy, he's beaten Sammy Guevara and he said never mind to Darby Allen, but he wanted a world title shot and this is when Darby Allen finally made his way down to the ring and you know words got very very personal and in the end they didn't even fight mjf walked off but this is the story where they're going with and you wondered how long would they be be able to hold off on these two feuding because like he said they were two of the young pillars long term and it only you know makes sense that they feud for a long time in their careers Miro versus Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship in the main event. This match was everything you want in a TV main event. It was everything you want in a title match. It told the story of Miro's just too dominant, but Guevara had a chance. He had a chance. He just needed to find the opening. The opening came about, you know, eight minutes into the match or so. That's just loosely based off the top of my head. I really don't know. Uh, when Mira went for a running clothesline and it was twisted into a Spanish fly by Guevara, this is when he finally got some offense going, uh, He, you know, made it a mission to hit him with everything in his arsenal, and it just felt, you know, it felt important, It felt like Guevara could, could win this match Um, but of course Miro as Guevara was storming back hit a massive super kick to the head Guevara rolled out of the ring when Miro was preparing for game over Uh, that led to Miro pulling off all the turnbuckles in the four corners Fuego Del Sol ran down to the ring to try to stop him he was hit but this is where Sammy Guevara got his chance he would push Miro into the turnbuckle Hit a Tornado DDT Hit the GTH And follow it all up with a 630 splash to win The TNT Championship It was a Fantastic moment Sammy Guevara is a fitting TNT Champion and It'll be interesting to see where he goes With this title I believe Next week he's going to be fighting Bobby Fish For the championship which is completely out of nowhere. I never saw the um, official traditional announcement, but hey, that's that's pretty cool. That's a that's a big shocking match next week. And next week's a packed card, man. It has the elite versus Brian Danielson, Frankie Kazarian, Jungle Boy, Christian Cage, and Luchasaurus. It also has. The return of the Concedo ladder match where someone will win a world title opportunity. And it will have Hikaru Shida looking for win number 50 against Serena Deeb in singles action. That is a match that I'm sure no one, including myself, wants to miss. It's the type of match we've been looking for out of AEW in their women's division. It should be a good time. That, however, is it for AEW as we are going to run through Extreme Rules and Monday Night Raw before doing our WWE Draft Preview predictions, whatever you may be. That didn't make sense, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. But let's go through Extreme Rules, the results, some thoughts on each match right now. So the card had seven matches, I believe. The pre-show, kickoff show, whatever the hell you want to call it. So Liv Morgan defeat Carmella. I thought Liv Morgan looked very good in this match. I think her and Carmella actually had some pretty good chemistry. Uh, the fans were very into Morgan. Uh, she's quickly becoming a baby face for the future. Um, she is someone that feels right. Feels right in such a spot um, She Has a title coming to her Soon enough I think she's done everything in her power To earn such a spot I think she is very good And I think the fans Want to see that happen uh, The show opened with a Impromptu New Day Versus Bobby Lashley AJ Styles An almost tag match I thought this was excellent The New Day one when Big E pinned Bobby Lashley. The SmackDown Tag Team Championships were on the line as the Usos successfully defended against the Street Profits in what was another great match between these two teams. I have a hot take for later. Uh, that should, you know, change a lot. The Raw Women's Champion Charlotte Flair defeated Alexa Bliss and then destroyed Lily. After the match. So, yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't have a lot of thoughts on this. Mostly because I don't care. I didn't think the match was too good. Um, Alexa Bliss felt more like normal in the match itself. But, it's just hard to care about something that I don't care about. So, we'll just move on. Uh, in a great triple threat Damian Priest defended his title successfully against Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. Damian Priest has been a very good United States champion. I think his rise over this year has been shocking mostly because, you know, you don't expect someone to come up from NXT and be so popular and be so utilized so well, but he's been able to do it, and I thought Sheamus and Jeff Hardy... Fed off of him really well in this match. Jeff Hardy was over. Maybe more than anyone the entire night. Besides the Demon. Uh, I just think Hardy looked great. And if they ever wanted to give Hardy one last run. They could. They, They certainly could. The Smackdown Women's Championship. Was on the line as Becky Lynch defended. Against Bianca Belair. This match was fantastic. Until a end to the match saw Bank Sasha Banks make her return and it resulted in a no contest as she attacked both women. It was a shame. It was a shame because the way the match looked to be ending with Bianca picking up Becky while she's in the disarmor and hitting her with the KOD would have been a spectacular finish to a great match. Of course you don't want to beat Becky or Bianca right now, so have Banks return and cause mischief. I am very much interested in where this goes because I don't see all of them remaining on the same brand after the draft. But, of course, they haven't released the pools yet of who is available to draft on what day. So that could be telling of you know a few aspects here. Anyways, 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 anyways Thought the match was great Check it out That's that's that uh, The only extreme rules on the match uh, uh, On the show Was Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor The Demon Finn Balor for the Universal Championship This match was great It was great I enjoyed every moment of it Until the ending the, this was the type of ending that can sour an entire match, can ruin an entire match, can really leave you upset because of how great it was just for it to be ruined. And this this was the case here. Um, you, If you're listening to this, you've probably seen how it goes. Finn Balor's music starts hitting in after being speared through the Barricade by Roman Reigns. Again, this match was tremendous up until this point. The music hits. He starts, you know, shaking like a fish every time the heartbeat hit. And then once the music went, he rose up. The demon was alive. The music was playing in the background like an action movie. All right, that was kind of cool. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, But he would hit Roman Reigns with a shotgun dropkick through the table on the outside he'd get to the top rope looking to win the match smoke for some reason being a thing because i don't know why he would go for the coup de grace but the top rope would break because the 180 pound finn balor i guess broke the top rope uh, this allowed roman reigns to hit a spear win the match i have no idea where they want to go with this story anywhere they try to go is going to be wrong it's going to be broken it's not going to make sense i I just, I don't know where you're supposed to go with this. Because, how do you book Finn moving forward, now that the demon's been defeated, but also that this happened? Like, there is no, there is nothing that makes sense here. That they can do to make more sense for any of us, the viewers. Are they gonna say God? Was on Roman's side Are we going to say The rope just broke and move on Like what is WWE planning here It didn't make sense It still doesn't make sense And it probably will never make sense It was the type of finish That can ruin a very solid show I thought you know Extreme Rules It wasn't this amazing show But it was a good show from top to bottom in terms of wrestling but that just soured it so much you you can't have both of your last two matches have such you know ridiculous finishes I think the women's match was fine but this was just atrocious it just it can't leave you with anything but anger it can't because what does Finn Balor do now? that's the question left to hand I understand they were trying. They were trying to protect him, but it just made him look like a goof. And to me, that is worse than having him lose clean. Anyways, let's move on. Monday Night Raw was a very good show. Big E versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship kicked us off. They were battling back and forth, and then that's when the Hurt Business, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, made their return as they stared down at Big E, allowing Bobby Lashley to get the upper hand. Bobby Lashley would hit a spear, and this is when the New Day would come out fighting the two Hurt Business to help aid, um, to help aid Big E pushing inside the ring this would lead to a disqualification as they would go tumbling in on lashley who looked to be getting the win pinning biggie in the middle of the ring but adam pierce would announce that no 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 this is not it they will do a steel cage match in the main event as biggie versus bobby lashley will happen once more i thought the first match was great so having a second match which i thought it was even better Made for a great night there. Um, I didn't get to talk about this last week because I just kind of forgot. Uh, but Shayna Baszler's new gimmick of destroying everyone in her sight, whether it be Nia Jax, even Marie, which was this week, it literally, hell, instantly makes her a bigger star. You know, th- this is the serious Shayna. She's sick of fucking losing. She's sick of, you know, taking the back seat Because it's unacceptable She's sick of it So now she's destroying everyone in her path On her way to winning Destroying Nia Jax, destroying Eva Marie That instantly makes her a baby face If that's where they're going Hells yeah Shayna Baszler babyface Yes please Keith Lee Made his return and boy oh boy Was it a welcome one As Keith Bearcat Lee Adopting the name from I believe the first ever black World champion in pro wrestling um, Which is a gr- I think I like the Bearcat name I think Bearcat Keith Lee You know might have sound better But doesn't matter. as long, What matters is this seems to be the new direction for Lee, and it seems to be a real solid direction for Keith Lee. The Limitless One would destroy Akira Tozawa. He looked like a no-nonsense individual. There was no smile. There was nothing other than domination. Domination for Keith Lee, and this Again, this is really what we look for in someone like him. Uh, I'm just happy that Keith Lee is going to shine. I hope this means that he's going to get title matches. You know, he, he could easily be- beat Damian Priest and no one would bat an eye. That seems like the direction, really. If he's the heel, it seems like the perfect direction, I think. Keith Bearcat Lee should be nothing short of being a top star. And of course, the main event Biggie versus Bobby Lashley inside the Steel Cage. I thought these two beat the snot out of each other in the best way possible. They did everything in their power to make this feel important, but at the same time, remind everyone that, you know, Steel Cage matches can still be good. Uh, Of course, we are, you know, just a month off of. Less than a month from the steel cage match Between the Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers At All Out Which is maybe the best steel cage match I've ever seen But I thought this was great Um, Big E and Lashley Worked very well together They hit each other very hard There is no one holding back When it comes to These two wrestling And I thought it made for just such A great, great, great um, match. I, I, I enjoyed it I enjoyed it a lot So After the match where Big E won With a top rope big ending Drew McIntyre would make his um, Presence felt When he walked out And pointed his sword at Big E Signaling that he Wants the next shot at the WWE Championship Now that he can challenge for it Once again But this is where draft time comes into play here here is our wwe draft preview and predictions i think this is a massive draft for wwe i think this has a lot of it has a lot of weight this year because if you don't craft your rosters better you're going to be stuck like this for another year you have so much talent from top to bottom that you can push, that you can utilize, that you can make a bigger deal. And I think this is their chance to do that. So, let me start off by saying I think Big E should stay on Raw, Roman Reigns should stay on SmackDown. I think not not switching the Universal and WWE Champion is a good move. First off, um, Big E just just joined Raw, you keep the New Day there, Um, you know if you had Big E be the first pick that'd be a pretty good spot for him as well, but instantly right off the bat, that's what you do, in my opinion Roman Reigns he is Smackdown you don't take him away from that show uh, it would just it would make zero sense to me if you took him away, I think you know, keeping Charlotte and Becky separated as the champions, The problem with this is when you have colored belts like this, you don't want to switch them. You know, if they were like the Intercontinental in the United States or the Universal in WWE, you could just switch the champions, no problem. But I don't need to see them exchange belts again uh, like we did with the tag champs last year. I just don't like that idea. So, again, keep the top... Champions on the same brands That they already are I know Raw uh, USA NBC wanted Roman Reigns Or Becky Lynch on their show but I have a proposed plan To give them some star Power that they should Enjoy uh, I think That Damian Priest and Shinsuke Nakamura should switch Brands I think that makes the most Sense For um, Damian Priest going to SmackDown, Shinsuke going to Raw, bringing the Intercontinental Championship with him. Priest bringing the SmackDown, uh, the United States Championship with him to SmackDown. I think that just makes all the sense in the world because that is something we've seen for years now and they avoided it. Last year, which was you know shocking, they kept the hurt business. I believe Lashley was the United States champion at the time, they kept him there. I couldn't tell you who the Intercontinental champion might have been Sami Zayn, probably Sami Zayn. They kept them on their brand, so I think switching Nakamura and Damian Priest would be a pretty smart move here uh, to change up those two scenes. I believe that Sasha Banks. Should go to Monday Night Raw. She has been on SmackDown for a couple years now. Uh, you know she was a great addition there. But I think you know you've kept her and Charlotte separated for long enough. They can be on the same brand. They you can run that back match for the first the, that match back for the first time since 2018. Maybe it's been a while. Uh, and I think Banks going there allows Bianca Belair to remain on SmackDown I think that is best you have Becky and Bianca be the top two women on SmackDown for now and you have Banks and Charlotte be the top women on Raw but that is not all I think Asuka will be the women to switch brands to SmackDown uh you know being the essential trade for Sasha Banks I think Asuka would fit very well on the SmackDown brand Um, you know you can run the story of her versus Asuka which is a story in itself from when Becky Lynch gave up her Raw Women's title to Asuka you can do a heel Asuka versus Bianca Belair there is a number of ways to go but I think Asuka on SmackDown would be a good move I think Ricochet going to sm- uh, this has been one I've been wanting for a few years now actually. I think Ricochet makes perfect sense going to Smackdown because the basis of Fox was always we wanted it to be more sports oriented, we wanted to be more serious, and there is no one that can do what Ricochet does in that promotion in WWE. No one can do what he brings to the table. He fits the Fox idea perfectly. He makes all the sense in the world. I think moving Ricochet to SmackDown and moving him up the card is a very smart move. Now, would it happen? I'm not sure. But I just think when you go to SmackDown, things change for you. And that would be change for him. Uh, Let's talk some NXT call-ups. I think Dakota Kai should go to SmackDown. I think she'd be a good fit there. Well, I think Frankie Monet should go to Raw. Um, I think her and Jomo on Raw would be a good combo. Um, but you could also put those two on SmackDown. I think those are interchangeable because I think Jomo would fit very well on SmackDown. But at the same time, I don't think you want to separate those two. So putting them together, I think, as a unit would be really cool as well um so we'll do frankie monet to monday night Raw's joining john morrison in the process i would move cesaro to monday night raw Um, you instantly get a everything you get the utility you get the swiss army knife of sorts With Cesaro if you want a tag team You want to reform the bar with Sheamus you want to Make him a world title contender You want him to be a Intercontinental Championship contender you have a number Of ways to go with Cesaro And I think moving him to Raw Would be the best move For him moving forward I think that would be a good trade Off and in response you give Jeff Hardy to Smackdown I think Jeff Hardy, of course, is the perfect Swiss Army knife of sorts as his over-the-top fandom that people have for him is perfect. You could have him contend for the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns in a match for a pay-per-view. I think that would go over very well. You could do a lot of things with Jeff Hardy. So I'd switch Cesaro to Raw, Jeff Hardy to SmackDown. I think LA Knight should be called up and put on Monday Night Raw. I think that would be a perfect fit for him. He's a perfect fit for the main roster. He doesn't have a spot in NXT any longer. I've been trying to figure out what other NXT talent could come up, of course, from the older age. Could it be Johnny Gargano, finally? I don't think so. It's not gonna to be Tommaso Champa. He's the NXT champion. The only person that I've wavered on is the or the combo is the Pete Dunn Ridge Holland combination. Uh, they seem to be losing a lot, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if they put them on the main roster. And I think they'd fit well as a combo on the main roster, though don't make them a, you know, all the time tag team. I think Montez Ford should be drafted solo, breaking up the Street Profits, and I think it should be on SmackDown. I think it's time that you push Montez Ford as a single star. You start a slow rise to the top to the main event because I think Montez Ford has everything you look for in a main event caliber talent. I think you make sure the New Day and the Hurt Business both stay on Monday Night Raw. I would be shocked if they moved either group. I think the New Day is guaranteed to stay on Raw. But the Hurt Business being back, it'd be weird to send them to SmackDown uh, because you know, unless you're turning Bobby Lashley, him versus Roman Reigns doesn't really work and I don't see another spot for him unless he's in the main event picture. And here is the final prediction for both brands, the the final major shakeup in my eyes. Finn Balor goes to Monday Night Raw, and Drew McIntyre goes over to Friday Night SmackDown. I think Finn Balor getting away from Roman Reigns, and he can be a star on Monday Night as one of the top um, talents. And I think Drew McIntyre, more than maybe anyone on this roster, needs change. I think he needs change. I think he fits the bill of you putting him on SmackDown and you building to that title match between him and Roman Reigns. I think that is something they still see as big money. Maybe that is where they do... Maybe that's what they do at WrestleMania if The Rock isn't around. Maybe not. But I think Drew McIntyre on Friday nights makes a great fit. You can just revamp him up. You can get him back to his popularity now that he's on the blue brand. So that's it for WWE draft predictions, preview, whatever you want to call it. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how they change these rosters up. Uh, Next week, we'll go over the final results, the final rosters, and talk about how those came out. See if we like them. See if we don't like them. You know the deal. We will also be talking the major AEW Dynamite show next week, the two-year anniversary. And we will be celebrating, um, you know, just some more great professional wrestling. That is really all we look for on a week-to-week basis. So, until next time, guys, please, you know, follow me on Twitter at Scott E. Wrestling. Check out my articles on on LastWordOnSports.com. VoicesOfWrestling.com uh, FightGameMedia.com DailyDDT.com You know, the list goes on and on. Uh, but seriously, guys, uh, thank you for listening and have a good rest of your weeks. You know what?